Who would be a Wolves fan, eh? Welcome to the Wolves Fancast, uh, part of the Naughty Min family. Uh, I'm joined tonight by Stu, and we're going, we're going a bit rogue tonight. We're going a bit because there's only me and oh. Stu tonight. We're just we're, we're a bit gorilla. We're out here. We've got, we've, <laughs> no, we've got no fancy graphics. You know, we're just here. We're just going to talk raw wolves because we're here. We're, we're still a bit down in the dumps, even though Mr. Lopetegui looks like he might be on his way next week. Um, we're, st- we're still we're still not <laughs> we're still not the happy people. But how are you doing, Stu? I'm. Um... Since we're going Gorilla Warfare, so I've gone beanie tonight. I'm not channeling like Badly Drawn Boy or anything. It's just, and I ain't got a bad hair day, obviously. It's just, I'm not accepting winter yet. I can't be doing with it. I could not wear shorts. I said this on the, um, on the Cage Fighting recording last night. Just because we are in November now, we can still wear shorts. It's perfectly acceptable, as you're flaunting there. Um, and yet, if you hear the bangs in the background, obviously, it's, it's Bonfire Eve. So... There's now Ricky Martin shenanigans going on. It is literally explosions. Um, so yeah, so I think it's it's going to be one of the nights. Eh? It, it, it really is. We we grasp we grasping at things to talk about, but I think that the biggest thing is let's start. Let's get used to saying Hulen, Hulen, not Julian. Yeah, because there's been comments already on Twitter about people calling him Julian Lafayette. The fatigue and all all this kind of stuff, but Hulen seems to be the one, and that chant that we shared in on Twitter the other day, um, you have to listen really, really closely to hear the because it does sound like Julen Lopetegi, Julen, Julen, Julen Lopetegi. That's what it sounds like, but it is very much the the silent her. So if we all get on board there right now and there and now, even though he's not going to be here for another week or so, by the way it seems. Um, at least we can't be criticised from that point of view, can we? Well, no. I mean, I'm, it's something to get excited about as well. Um, <laughs> finally, it looks like we've actually found a man who might be actually lead the team. Uh, no offence to Steve Davis or anything. And, mm. and you know, he'd been a local lad, obviously all supporter. But it has been rudderless for the past couple of weeks. And the, the thing is, we, although we've seen an improvement in the, in the last couple of results, we don't seem to have any sort of um, you know, path or leadership going forward, and 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 that's worrying. But now, I said to somebody the other day when we were talking about it, I said to, to a friend of mine, I said, I think we might actually stop up now <laughs> if we if we get overtaken. That's how far we drop. That's that's where the moods drop to. Where I'm I'm thinking about relegation. Even me. <laughs> I mean, we are. And I mean, I, I kind of infamously said and put money on the fact that we would go down because we don't score. Um, which is still going to be a massive problem, obviously. Um, and if he's going to go for this hashtag war chest that he's going to have to play with. Um, but again, what constitutes a war chest in 2022 in the Premier League, in, in the situation that we're in? Because if you're looking at players, what do we think? Three, at least. Obviously a striker. And then players who actually create and assist things. On top of that, so you're looking at at least 50 million, surely? Well, yeah, I mean, an average Premier League player, what, is 20 million now? 
25 mm. million it's it's a scary number i mean you, you're talking about you you've got to invest if you're doing two players 50 million pounds that's a hell of a lot of money and that's more than what anything we've done in january in the past it's it's scary and um it's it's convincing people and players to come and play for Wolves. We're not as attractive as we were last season or even the season before that. You know, we're in a dogfight now and, and we might have to get players who are willing to come and fight for the shirt and something that we've not been so used to in the last couple of years. So so with these with these Portuguese players, we've seen with the likes of Guedes and and um you know, some of the lads who've come in this season. Have they got the fight? Have they got the drive? Some stories, you know, the stories coming out about Gerez, about going down the tunnel, not appreciating the fans, not, you know, and, and not wanting to to be a part of it. It's, it's, it's worrying because, you know, we've traditionally, you know, before what Folsom were involved, you know, we've, we've always had a good good core group of players who, who've always been, you know, keen and, and, and willing to wear the shirt and fight fight for us. You know, even going back just before that, you got the likes of Jack Price, Kevin McDonald. You know, Danny Bath. I know Danny Bath gets a lot of st- got a lot of stick during his time here, but you know he's one of those players. You know, he's he's gonna, always going to give one hundred and ten percent, and that's the worrying thing with, with some of these players like Geddes. Is they feel a bit mercenary this season, and that's the first time under the Fausten tenure where it's felt like that, and it's been worrying. And and you know, you feel like you might have players who ain't going to give one hundred percent. You're going to get relegated. Yeah, and I think talking about Geddes. <laughs> I don't want to keep constantly going and repeating myself, but I mean, the, the excellent episode we had out in the week um, with Jalapa that um, Dan had the interview with, and as soon as he mentioned him, it, the way he spoke about him, like in a general Portuguese way, not in a Wolves way, it was like, well, when he can be asked in a roundabout way, he was saying, in a roundabout, when he can be asked, he's a good player. But we haven't seen one iota of that, and this is why I've been on him for four years ever since he was first got mentioned with Talisca. I mean, we might as well get the ghost of Talisca playing for us. Is it's an AD two four? You know what I mean? So it, it is. It, we are in that situation there where it's almost like Newcastle last year, where you're looking at players just to not to say steady the ship because we we're, we're not cut adrift, obviously. And there's, there's only what 15 games of the season gone by the end of the uh, end of next week. So. It's not doom and gloom by any stretch of the imagination, but we got we haven't got European football. We don't we don't score goals. We don't create anything. In a in a way, you can say, well, if we creative players are available, that well, you're guaranteed to walk straight into the team. But is that con? Is that like the Bruno Gimarash thing last year? Is is that? An attractive proposition for someone with talent who's going to have better offers, even in this in this league itself. Well, that's it. Is like I say, it's how do you attract these players? You know, Bruno Guimaraes when he come to Newcastle. Let's not forget he was playing in France. He was playing in Liga. Mm-hmm. He's not. It's not. It's, it's a farmers' league at the end of the day. It is not <laughs> outside of PSG and you know a few good players at Lyon and Marseille. There's there's nobody else in that league. You know, <laughs> for God's sake. The niece won it recently, you know. <laughs> or, you know, and they've got what's a Turkish lad up front? He's like thirty nine years old, banged in twenty five goals in the season. It's like you can't have that. So for a player like Bruno, yeah, he's going to come over. He's going to want to upgrade himself. So a move from <laughs> from Leon to Newcastle doesn't seem too bad in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, 
where we're looking, you know, and we're fully aware that we are part of the carousel, is that how do we get players who are part of that, the Mendes, like, circle of things? How do we want to attract players like that to the club now? And it's, it's scary. It is it is a scary thought that, that um, players won't want to come here, you know, and the likes of Brighton, you know, who, who were playing at the weekend, they're um, scouting and, and um, you know, player identification network is fantastic because, you know, Mark Kukurea, fantastic last season, you know, got his big money moved to Chelsea. Um, brilliant. But then they're able to bring in players beyond the back of that who are, who can replace them and, and do just as well. And it's something that we, as a club... You know, if we'd we'd love to have as fans is is to have that sort of scouting and and you know player identification um, format that we supposedly have because I mean we're supposed to have this dossier of yeah. what is it five thousand players I mean that's pretty much everyone on Football Manager is it not Yeah, but, I mean yeah that's a, that is a point though you look at the succession planning that proper normal sensible clubs like Brighton have got. When was the last time we actually replaced someone other than other than Rui with Saar, which obviously you're replacing the keeper with a keeper, so that's not obviously the the massive thing in the world. But when was the last time we actually did it properly? Because yeah. it's tough, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the only one you can even talk about is maybe Nunes has been an improvement on Dendonka, but we haven't even seen that yet. I think Kim cursed him. I think. Yeah, I have to have is. words with Kim next time I see her and actually just get her to, to take the fucking hex off him because <laughs> but it's not the player who played for Sporting last year. It really isn't. I mean, he still hasn't played a single minute in his actual position either, oh, no. which is more more annoying than anything else. Well, it is. It's, it's you know, it, and we want to see the best of these players and, and it seems to be the Wolves' ways to shoehorn, you know, players into positions that don't, work from you know Johnny this season why is he playing so much on the right back you know as a career he's a career left back as we've we've said in conversations before why try and pigeonhole people into something that they're not and it's it's worrying uh you know that comes down to management that comes down to the way that the clubs run you know and as the comment just said at the bottom we don't even have a real director of football I mean Scott Sellers like like he's the most marmite person at the club right now. You like him or you you well you either indifferent or you loathe him at the moment. Mm. And at the end of the day, he's been involved in one football club as a manager in the last twenty years in what was that league two. And somehow he's managed to worm his way into walls and, and go through the 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 ranks and, and end up with a with a with pretty much the top job, which is he should be the equivalent of a director of football at Wolves. But it's, it's someone who who doesn't seem to be part of the of a vision, and I think whether that's down to Jeff Shee, whether that's down to Faust and their inexperience has been, you know, has been touted by some people in the media. Um, you know, that's something that you know it's it's part of a bigger picture, and um, you know, is it that you know Faust and haven't got the experience and they're leaning on Mendes, maybe. And that's why Sellers can't do his job properly because he's he's essentially Folson's dog body and, and he's he's kept on a leash. Yeah. And and, and maybe he could do more. more. Yeah, I mean it, the way he's 
I know the, the counter argument to that is because he's come out himself and says, I sign players I, I want and no one else. And you think, well, okay, then you can't be exempt from criticism when you're taking the flag free. But we all know in the same breath that that's bollocks. So, um, you know, this interesting comment, um, if you want to comment, just put it in the, in the chat groups if you want, um, from Christopher Rogers. Thoughts on Bruno Large's comments about getting sacked? And for me, it was very much, it, it just screamed like Sarah Graves, but having a point at the same time. I don't know about you, especially with the striker thing. Yeah, I mean, it was difficult. I mean, I, th- I think, especially with the striker issue that we got, I think bringing in Sasha Kaladzic, great idea. But it was at the wrong time for, for Sasha. Cause, I mean, it's coming out that Sasha had this problem with the ACL. He'd got, he had got a small tear. So they, they they allowed him to pass that medical with a tear in an ACL. That's the first mistake. The <laughs> second mistake is they allow a player who's got a, a, a minuscule tear to then play in a in a Premier League game. He goes down holding his knee and, he and plays he's on. allowed to play on. <laughs> it's three mistakes. I mean it's worrying how far we've come. You know, obviously Dan had that, that good episode in the week with Joe Lapa. He was part of the fitness and recovery team. Um, you know, and that can uh, combine with with the very good doctors that we did have who've, who've since left the club. And the stark difference between then and now in terms of our medical staff, as, the, as Andrew Knight says, the medical staff need removing. And I don't disagree because they are so inept compared to the predecessors. You know, how can we go from having probably the best medical record and the best injury, you know, recovery and, and, and injury prevention, should I say, in the league to being one of the worst? It just it doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's worrying that they've allowed that to happen. And this is a guy, we've got a club doctor who was sacked by the British Olympics and the England football team. And he's here now. And you think, well, this isn't just made up. You can go and Google this yourselves. It's where do, where do we find these people from? Why can't we just be a sensible club just for one year? Yeah. It's like, it's like because we, we had three years of success and the rest of the whole of our existence is hex beyond belief. Like, what, what have we done to deserve it? It seems everyone who's in a major position at Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club right now has some kind of skeleton in their closet. <laughs> Scott Sellers, no, we're not going to talk about it, but Scott Sellers has got his skeletons and, and the new club doctor, he's got his skeletons. You know, that's all hanging over him, That the, 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 the potential doping issues with Sport England. You know, all everyone seems to have some kind of cloud hanging over him. And it's... It's worrying that the, the the people in charge are employing these people and, and they think that these are the people who are going to be able to take us forward and improve us, you know, because they are part of essentially a part of a football club at the end of the day, even if they don't have footballing backgrounds, you know, part of their medical staff, they pay a big part of that cog. They're a big cog in the machine and, and they're not going to take us forward as a football club as, as it stands, which is where we are now and, you know, as you you know you've alluded to in the past, it's it's not a great look. <laughs> I mean, we've got a goalkeeper who's got a broken hand. We were... 
He's not exactly like our backup, bad. I mean, Matthias Sarkic, <laughs> very good goalkeeper. You know, Birmingham City Player of the Year last last season as well. You know, he's got pedigree. We don't need to be pushing players out on the field who who have got broken. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds so fucking bizarre saying it, but it's it's like if you were an outfield player and you broke your foot, you wouldn't be playing because that's kind of your most crucial part of your body. As a goalkeeper, nowadays, hands and feet, but hands especially and wrists, like they're your bread and butter as, a, as, as, as in terms of your health and what you want to keep, keep in, uh, in good nick. And he's out there and he's broken. It's almost sort of they watched, they watched the Black Knight sketch from Monty Python with a flesh wound and think it's fact. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagining it now. He's just going to come out. He's, he's got no arms, no legs. Just diving around. <laughs> just a stump. And oh, it's fine, though. It's absolutely fine. Oh, dear. It's fine. I know I get inside track. So, yeah, talking about <laughs> Brian. I mean, Brian done very well this season. I mean, Graham Potter's got on to bigger and better things, apparently. I mean, but they won last time 4-1, last time out against Chelsea. So, I mean... Potter's getting a little bit of stick. You know, he's not having a great time at Chelsea, but Brighton City have done well. They've brought in an Italian manager. Um, now they're massive in Italy. Uh, that seems to be the way. Anytime, anytime any any club gets an Italian manager, now they're the biggest thing in Italy since uh, what Panettone? I don't know. Just so, so, <laughs> I was going to go Tagliatelli, but fair Tagliatelli. There you go. So we, we know our Italian food. It's... Um, yeah, so he's done really well, settled him really well. Quite a young manager as well in his in his early forties. Um, and they sit, like I say, they seem to have replaced the well. Um, they've still got a good core of players. You know, they've still got the likes of Roberto Sanchez, very good goalkeeper. Um, you know, this Lewis Dunk's still there. Don't know how, but he is. And Pascal Gross, who seems to be uh, the top four's worst nightmare in most games in the season, and. Um, the key player for them is Trossard. Someone who, who had a bit of a slow start to Premier League life. Uh, it looks like he's adapted this season. He, he got that, that hat-trick against Liverpool. What do, you, what do you think of him, Stu, as a player? He's always... Like, uh, years ago, I used to get him and Knockout mixed up all the time in my head. Like I couldn't differentiate between the two of them. And he he's just seems to be someone that... He's never spectacular, but he's really effective. And... But now this season, from out of nowhere, he seems to have got a bit of flair to him as well. Maybe it was always there anyway, and we just didn't really realise it because it was Brighton and they missed more chances than we do. But I think it's the fact that he can play anywhere as well. He's not just pigeonholed as a central striker, or he's on the right, or he's on the left. You can put him anywhere, and he just he just does the job. And he's he's just on fire at the minute, and. Out of anyone, I mean, we know our record against Brighton is pretty awful anyway. Um, you couldn't say that he wouldn't score a trick tomorrow. And if he did and they won 3-0, you wouldn't be shocked. And that's, no. not, even, not, that's not even the Brighton Wolves black, blue and white striped curse that we seem to have. That's just because they're a very good team with players in form. Yeah, and, I mean, the, 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 a lot of Premier League experience now. And, and like you say... They've 
Um, they've got very good players who, 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 you know, you know what to expect when you play Brighton. You know, you, with the team that they've got, you know what they're going to do. Then you know they're going to come and and try and play football because they're a good footballing team. But they will frustrate, and they they very they play a very solid system four two three one. They've employed a lot this season, so we know there's not going to be a lot of because. The only times that this season where they've done well is where they've scored a lot of goals, and that was against uh, Chelsea, weirdly enough, and Leicester. So it's it's how they're going. Wolves are going to be able to create chances, and that's a problem. So I mean, as a caveat, start to talk about how how we're going to line up because we have got a clue because we haven't got a striker again. I mean. It... Let's let's revert to the poll that we put out this morning on the uh, on the old Twitter, and it's a bit of a bit of mischievous play there, just because I men- mentioned a certain someone a few weeks ago, and nearly two thousand votes on this, Huang Yedes or Nathan Fraser. Okay, people want people want Yedes fifty one percent, which is wherever the people have spoken. People can be wrong with 40, 51% in the past. Um, Quang, 30%, and Young Nathan Fraser, 17 2% into the wind, wherever you want. Um, I think the fact that we've got that kind of mix, considering how, how goddamn awful Geddes has been this season, it kind yeah, of gonna, it says everything about everything, do it? That's... It's concerning, really, because at the end of the day, Quang has done one thing wrong all season. Yeah, and he's hated. And he, he, he fucked up that game against Newcastle with one mistake. But at the start of the season, he started well. Let's not forget, in the in the game against Leeds, he got a brilliant assist. That header down, fantastic. You know, yeah. he's, he led the line well. And I, I see a lot of positives in his game where he can be the person who, you know, is a bit of a focal point. He does hold the ball up fairly well. It's the fact that he can't run with it. That's that's the bit that he's always levied against him. He's, he's, he's control as he moves with the ball, but that's not what we need. We need somebody to hold the ball up and move the players around. I know there's talk of people wanting Daniel Pedence as, a, as potentially as a false number nine. It's it not, it's not the way forward. It's it really not. We've, we've seen it. We've seen it tried, and and I'm sorry, but he, if he was Lionel Messi, it'd work. But he's not. You know. It seems like a stupid thing to say, but he's not. He's not. He's not even Papu Gomez. He's, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. He, 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 if he was, if he had quality and he scored goals and got assists, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But he doesn't seem to even do that. Mm. There's a there is a little bit of a loving between some people with Pedence, and I don't see it myself. I'm, I'm still jury out on him. I don't see enough. You know actual end product, you know, it's the Adama sort of thing again. So where's the goals? Where's the assists? And I think that's that's a what they can say for most of our team, to be honest. But for me, I would be, yeah, Huang, straight through the middle with Pedence and Adama on the side. I don't think Geddes should be anywhere near that team at the moment. I think we need, wait, for Lopetegui to come in, chew him out a little bit, get him playing. If that's going to be the way forward, I just... I can't see him being the the answer at the moment because he's not shown, like you said, he's not shown anything this season. 
He's not. No. He's not showed any fight. He's showed no desire, and he's certainly not showed any of the ability that we've we saw last season when he was played as a second striker. That's the exactly where I wanted to carry it to. He hasn't been played in that side in the position that where he's been successful. Like we said about Nunes earlier, he's not mm. been played where we saw the best of him at, at um, Valencia last year. Yeah. Why? Why do they sign players? They know because they've gone and scared them. They get all these dossiers. They get all these reports, and it shows on the report the formation. They showed where the player played. And yet they have the, the the magical idea to play them as a left winger, where he did nothing in the previous years when he was at Valencia, absolutely yeah. nothing. Or on and, the or or subsequently on the right as well, where he did nothing either mm-hmm. for for Portugal under twenty ones, and it's the same thing. It, it's it's so ridiculous that we've had. An ideal battering ram who's now obviously not around until maybe either the twentieth or the or Boxing Day, depending on the Leeds game. Um, that if we could we could have played a second striker in the last few games and yeah. give it a go because what we got to lose. But this weird infatuation with playing three in midfield with the with again Nunes out of position, Matinho who's. Seemed yeah. off, way off it until he came on at the weekend um, off the bench, and I thought he, he played really well then. Um, but obviously, we can't we can't blame Steve Davis. It's not his fault, obviously. Um, but you are right though. Why why buy these players when you know that we don't play the way? And it's been the same for the last go back two years ago. Um, Vitinha, who was playing in the Champions League against Juventus to last night mm. or two nights ago shit though shit though it's like well it's not shit is he he was played like for the portugal under 21s he was right hand side of a midfield diamond kind of thing we never played that under nuno so what was he going to do where was he going to play well i'm going to play as a 10 because again we didn't play that under nuno we played two defensive midfielders he just yeah. didn't fit so why was yeah, he I mean, here we've, we've seen we've seen the best of him now now he's a psg and, and, and like you say, that he wasn't playing. He wasn't played enough, to be honest. <laughs> he wasn't given any sort of real crack of the whip when he was here. And, and um, whether that was down to Nuno's bad management of, of the squad, maybe, maybe it was down to you know the system that we were playing. It wasn't be able to get the best out of Vitinha. But if you couldn't see that Vitinha had class, had ability, then you're not watching the same footballer. Yeah. He is he was a Moutinho but 18 years old. Everything um, that we needed. And now he's, he's literally proven it. <laughs> yeah. And now we're seeing Moutinho you know falling apart. You know, he's, he, he like you said, he did well last game when he came on. But that's the first game this season where he's looked at the level that you expect from a from a player like that. And at his age, he shouldn't be starting every game anyway. No, it's too much pressure. It's way too much pressure on a person who's 36 years old. I mean, come on. If it's a 36-year-old striker, or like a centre-back, like Thiago Silva, does very well at Chelsea. He's under no pressure because Chelsea kicked the ball. But when it Wolves and we don't keep possession and we've got to make pressures and you're 36 years old, you're going to burn out real quick, like real quick. 
and he can't do it. And and okay, Traoré right is raw. Bubakar Traoré, he's he's a raw player, but he's he's young. He's got the energy. He's got the tenacity. He you know he's made to be a Premier League player in the next couple of years. Just give him the give him more game time. It's okay. Yeah, he might get yellow cards, but I'd rather him get yellow cards, get up to five yellow cards, ten yellow cards, get the suspensions, because them are the games then when Moutinho can be involved or Hodge or, you know, Kundal, if he wasn't at Swansea, would be involved. Um, but that's how you've got, you've got to blood these players in. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, at one point or another, Moutinho is going to stop playing for Wolves. And what do you do at that point? Do you have a harsh changeover where you've got to replace him? Or, you know, you've got to then say, okay, Truro, you're going to play. Or it was going to be, if he was Dendonk, if he was still here. You know, then he'd have to play. Or do you you, do you manage a changeover and you try and manage Moutinho's game time? And that's that's the challenge for Wolves this season. And they don't seem to be handling it very well. And, uh, and I think it's difficult. And I think that's why he's still here, because... They didn't manage it last year. Because ideally, he would have rode off into the sunset, gone back to Portugal for a year or two, uh, the very, very twilight of his career, and enjoyed himself in the sunshine rather than in the pissing down rain here. And we spent last year with him being integral to the team again. And there's nothing wrong with that. He was great again. But again, it's what we we go back to what we said at the start. There's no succession planning at all. And we had it two years ago with Vitinha. Didn't give him a chance. Time ran out. He moved on. Last year, we had it with Trincao, who people absolutely hated for God knows what reason. When, again, you could see he had something about him, however annoying he was. And he's done way more than Guedes has. And Guedes has got nowhere near the stick that Trincao got last year. Mm, nowhere near. Yeah. I mean, that's, any, that's true. Doesn't make I mean, any sense at all. He was um, the scout girl last year, wasn't he? So... Yeah. <laughs> So we're left now with, you look at, you go back to the pre, the preview in the actual game tomorrow and you look at that mm-hmm. field and presuming that Nunes is out, do we yet again go with Neves, Matinho and Bukatroi as our, all of our midfielders at once? Or do we actually do something different for a change? Because with, with Casado, he seems like he could be Neves and Bettino on his own, the form that he's in. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's an absolute animal. He'd he tear through our, our players. But this is where they could be clever and they could change it up and they could go Geddes and Huang. You know, or they could go Chem Campbell and an, an experienced striker. And that's where Chem, Chem could be useful, is where he is played in, in a, a striker position or, or just off the left in and around experienced players because mm-hmm. that's where he's, he's played his best he's played his best coming in off the left hand side for the under 21s that's what we've yeah. seen and and when we want to bed these players in is we need to put them around players who are going to be creative they're going to do the work from because Diego Costa fantastic I, I love Diego Costa <laughs> he's maybe not the right player at the right time for Wolves but I love him. I love his heart. I love everything that he, st- you know, stands for. Even though he got that stupid red card, but him, he's not going to be able to do the work that's needed 
to cover what Chem Campbell doesn't have because he's not a complete package. Whereas, you know, you, you players like Geddes and Pedence and Adama and Huang, they should be the ones who are bringing this player through and be able to cover for that, for his, you know, indifferences and his, his you know, you know, it's the fact that he's a bit of a rough diamond, Chem. And that's what we've not seen and we've not been able to do. I mean, we're lucky we've been able to do that with Hugo Bueno. He's done fantastic. You know, it, it's great to see another fullback coming in. But we've not been able to do it with the rest of the squad. And we've got some very, very good players. You know, Kundal last season should have played more games, really. Because yeah. he, when he played, he looked brilliant. The game against Tottenham... Um, where he came in uh, out of the blue, he was uh, as a as a star. He was fantastic, you know. He run that show, and and it's, it can be a lot of arc back as well to when Morgan was in his like earlier years here, which they didn't really but bled bleed these players in properly because they got players who were either in the twilight of their careers where they couldn't. You know, like I say, do the running or do the you know cover for the problems that a, a younger player might have, or they've just got a lot of bang average players and people who don't don't you know get score goals, get assists, which is what we seem to have. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. I mean, there's going to come a time that when Buena's going to have to step out because he's what 20, 20 years old, twenty one, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we've got another young left back there in you know, Aitnuri. Johnny, God knows what's happened to him. It looks like injuries have caught up with him. He needs significant time away or just to not be played on the right-hand side, which he clearly doesn't like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were, we have got two very young-ish left backs now. Good. We've got, we can interchange them and we can rest one and not the, and the other. And not start messing about moving players from one side of the pitch to the other anymore. But like we were saying with with Chem Campbell, I'd rather now give him a go tomorrow than carry on with Pedence wasting the ball and falling over and doing stupid tricks that lead nowhere on the left hand side, and ha- probably have a Dharma on the right, which is me again me saying this. I mean, I. He wasn't as good at, at Brentford as he, he had been, but at least he showed. He showed up. At least he tried. He, you yeah, couldn't I say mean, that. You couldn't say that about him a month ago. No, um, no. I, it makes you wonder whether he wasn't fit. Probably a month ago. Maybe. I mean, maybe. because the, the attitude doesn't seem to have changed. I, I, like you say, he, he's he's one of you know. He seems to have the right mentality. You know, the funny stats that come out from Mark Goldbridge's Twitter in the last couple of days. I mean, anyone could use stats to make, make themselves look good. I mean, the Tories are trying to do it right now. We, we won't talk politics, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we can see that he's crossing. He's getting a lot of crosses into the box. It's the same old, same old thing. But chance creation is something that's so important to us as a team right now. So he, he he has become this sort of like talisman, and, and you know important player to the to the team, and you wouldn't have thought that we would have been in this position in the summer. No, but uh, I mean, that's where we find ourselves. Even now, I mean, question from Andrew Wright in the chat there: Do we keep Adama and Neves in January? 
And you think at this moment in time, if we lost both of them, or even just maybe even one of them, would be go we'd, we'd be going down. So, I mean, for me, I, I, I doubt very much anyone's leaving in January. No, um, I'd be surprised. I mean, if you look at it, look at Adama for example. He's, uh, I believe, he's on a free next summer, this next summer coming, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he in January can start talking to foreign clubs. All you've got to do is look at, if you watch Gully's video uh, about Lopetegui at Sevilla, Jesus Navas, a traditional winger, got deployed into a fullback. You know, Juan Cordurado at Juventus turned into a fullback. These um, foreign clubs, like, you know, Juventus, your Bayern Munichs, you know, um, even down to teams like Sevilla who are consistently in the rugby league, these, they see the talents in these players and they can turn them into something that's useful. And Adama Traore, as a player, is fantastic speed, fantastic um, ability to beat players. You know, why wouldn't you want to name a fullback? I mean, it's something that hasn't really been explored properly as in, in the club. I mean, he's played wingback a few times, you know, most notably in that Man City game where he was moved to striker and then got a couple of goals um, a few seasons back. But if I was the likes of Juventus or, you know, a Bayern Munich, I'd be looking at him thinking, we can do something with this kid. We can well, we can mould him and shape him. On a free as well at his age. Yeah, there's, no, there's no risk. There's absolutely zero risk. All you've got to do is look at what Bayern Munich have done with Super Moting. A player who, who's essentially seen as garbage when he was in the Premier League. And... and uh, I watched him nutmeg Mark andre Stegen the other night <laughs> in the Champions League. He was absolutely world-class. He held the ball up. He made the two centre-backs. Um, one was Marcus Alonso for Barcelona, which was, which was bizarre. But the other one was Jules Koundé, who of severe last season. But that, he made them look average. And, and, and we don't really realise what we've got in terms of players. Because a lot of our players have got things that you can't really coach. Like with Adama, you can't coach speed. You're as fast as your body allows you to be. Yeah. But you can coach technique. And that's the one thing that's failed Adama through his career. He's, he's not been coached very well. You know, Barcelona last season, he goes on loan to them. Xavi. I mean, if, if people have, have been keeping an eye on what people have been saying about Xavi in Barcelona... And, and what he's been doing with his coaching staff, bringing his brothers in. I mean, it sounds a bit Bruno Lars, I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> bringing his brothers in, you know, lower league coaches, people who have not had experience working with Premier League, uh, Premier League level clubs or, or, you know, La Liga level. You know, it's, 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 it's having the ability to bring out the strengths in a player and making them better. And... To caveat that onto Lopetegui again, and hopefully he, you know, being being all and well, he's, he's he's announced as the new manager in the next couple of weeks. He is a, as a coach and a manager has this ability to mould players and make them better. And Gully was talking about it the other day is how he has the ability to bring out the weaknesses for players and make them strengths. And that's the, what a good coach does and a good manager is he isolates things that a weaker, better player, a Dharma, you know, the end product. And that's all he'd be working on in training. 
you don't need to work on yeah, but- fitness and 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 being fast because it's natural. You know, David Beckham when he was playing, he'd be there a couple of hours after training doing free kicks because it's technique. It's technique. It's technique. It's technique. And repetition is the is the only way to improve. Yeah, and that that's what. Well, there was numerous cases under Nuno of doing that here as well, and obviously that repetition does lead to a shelf life of two or three years. But who really cares about that at this point in time? Um, and that's that's why you see managers moving on so much now. But you are right. I mean, like Cal- I mean, who'd have thought in a million years that Cody would have played where he was when he'd been a bang average right back slash like wannabe Kevin Fowley midfielder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was not a very good player until he got moved into sweeper, and then he was excellent for us. And then what happened happened. And but still, that was through coaching more than anything else. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen overnight. So we we need to, and I described Kulen uh, as um, Nuno, like a, like a deluxe version of Nuno the other week, and that's exactly what he seems to be. He seems to be someone who's who looks at improving players first and foremost mm. above getting other people in, which is a good job, really, if he's coming here. Yeah, and he's been successful. You know, he's, he's won the Europa League in, in 2020 um, when he knocked us out on the, on the way to the final. Cheers. Cheers, Julian. Not forgotten. Uh, but, um, you know, he's he, he worked with the Spain youth, youth project, you know, and he, you can see the qualities that that's brought through. And Spain ain't, ain't as good now as they were probably two years ago, four years ago. But he worked with that, the, the, the youngsters who went on to be World Cup winners and European Championship winners. You know, he worked at Porto. He he bought players through. Just somebody called Ruben Neves. I don't know whether you've heard of him. But he, he allowed him to play play for Porto for the first time and, and bought him through and coached him and and. You know, helped him become this player that you know now plays for Wolves. Amazingly, still. I, I don't know how. I mean, <laughs> it still shocks me every day. I wake up and Ruben Nevis is still a Wolves player, but you know he has cut his teeth. He's got pedigree. If he was no good, Real Madrid wouldn't have had him as a manager, and Spain wouldn't have had him as a manager. That's all you can say. Bruno, yeah, he, he, he did fine, but he he was only an assistant manager. He, and, and that's what he looks like now. He, he should only be an assistant manager. Carlos Carvajal is the face, and, and he's the guy who, who's friends with the players behind the back, you know, and runs he, coaching he, sessions. He was very much like the Iberian Colin Lee. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. It totally does, because more of a coach than a manager. And it didn't work. And now for the first time in what? I'm trying to think about this. I mean, maybe maybe Hoddle for high for high profile managerial appointments because no one knew who the fuck Nuno was, other than no. like European weirdos who like us. Um, but you go back. I mean, obviously Mick, but he's very much in the kind of the Sean Dyche mold of of managers mm. and that kind of thing. So when you're going back at high profile wise, you probably are going back to Huddle for someone like this. I mean obviously it didn't really work out that well for him, but even so wrong, right manager wrong time. 
Yeah, I mean, Rob Bender. Hado had some good players back in the day. I mean, Kihai on Sol was a good player. Never, never really scored enough goals or got enough assists, but he was a good player. And like you say, hopefully it'll be the right manager at the right time for Wolves. And I think he will be looking at it. I mean, we need somebody who's got that ability and that um, pedigree and commands respect. Because mm. at the end of the day, Bruno Lodge did not command respect. We all seen a lot of the training videos. It he never really cut a figure of someone who you want to cross. You, you you always seem to be very friendly. You always wanted to be one of the lads, or at least that's the impression that I got when I watched a lot of the videos, which is fine. As long as you've got a, a bunch of players who, you know, are willing to fight and willing to you know want to die for that shirt. And but as we alluded to earlier, we, that just doesn't seem to be the case. No. And the, the ones who do, the, the, players, the players who did, he got rid of. So mm-hmm. he very much, very much died with his own sword. Um, then we do go on to tomorrow. Then what? Mm-hmm. I know we, we've kind of mentioned, flitted around it, but would you think it was four three three again? Or is that would you? What yeah. you go for? I mean, I I prefer to go with 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 somebody playing off the striker in more of a 10, but I think it will be a 4-3-3. For me, I would stick with pretty much the same sort of team and just put Huang in instead of uh, Costa, the, the, what we saw the last time. Um, assuming Nunes is fit. But it's it's hard to say what he's going to do. I mean, ideally, I'd want Pedence in a number 10 and Chem off the left. Uh, and then have Nunes and Neves or uh, Neves and um, Bubkar because I don't want to see Moutinho anywhere near that, that pitch in the moment because I don't see enough from him and we need to be able to compact that midfield and, and get a player in and around the striker because that's what we've, what we've seen in, in recent games is when Diego Costa has been trying to do his running and he's got better yeah, yeah, it got better. Is that he needed another person to be in and around him to pressure with him? And we saw that. We saw him shouting at other players, shouting at Nunes to get forward and press. But that's not. It's not his job. Um, is he? Not his job. And, and he shouldn't be there. You allude to Gonzalo Guedes should have been, should be utilised as a second striker with Moyes. That's what he should be playing. And and you know Guedes could be one who plays off Huang. And like I said, Huang did really well. At the start of the season, holding the ball up, I just saw some very good, good, um, good things in like the Leeds game. The Leeds game, we only dropped points there because of Ike Nuri's mistakes. Yeah, and but you look at you go back to that Champions League game against Liverpool when Huang scored. I mean, he's got he's got actual decent goal scoring pedigree in him, mm-hmm. and like we saw it in the summer after he'd done his military service, he went off and scored goals again. And no doubt with Sonny being injured, he's going to go to the World Cup and be fucking top goal scorer there. And you wouldn't put it past him for them, obviously not for, for the entire tournament. But mm-hmm. just I don't get why he gets so much shit. Obviously, he was injured last year. And I know we when we, we ranked him at the end of the season, on came a four or something. But that was clearly because he was not right. There was something not right with him and he didn't perform. But it wasn't through the lack of trying. And I'd rather... I'd much rather have 
players like Huang. And I know this Dan hates all this stuff about oh well, it's it's trying over and apologising for your mistakes afterwards and stuff like mm-hmm. this. But none of them do anything anyway. So I'd rather have a front four of Chem Campbell, Huang. I'm kind of low. Pedence all get us off off Huang just because it's we've tried everything else and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And the time we're on the right bit. It's it's very slim pickings up front as per usual, um, but I, I kind of would I would rather go with four in midfield than three, just because we've seen it too many, too many times and it, nothing changes every week. And if Steve Davies has got two games left, not counting the Leeds game, two Premier League games left, then let him experiment give the give the kids who he's worked with a chance because they're not going not necessarily going to get it after christmas no well that's it his, his players like like boy now now he's given the opportunity they actually stand a good chance now to 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 impress the new manager and, and moving forward you know you might get an opportunity again but like i said chem campbell they've got to pull they've got to pull them through and, and show now because like you said they're not i get a chance under lopetegui if he comes in because you know he's going to want to shore things up, and the thing is with the midfield three, as you've said, is that works as a system. Great, a great system when you've got possession and when you control a game. But we, Wolves don't control a game. We don't. I think you can count on one hand this season how many games we've had more than fifty percent possession. Probably two or three. Yeah, and it, yeah. good comment there from still with the, or still with the, if you're going to be northern about it. I don't buy the two loose Nunes can't play in a two stuff. Yeah, it's nonsense as always because, what, because he's a bit, he seems a bit slight on the ball because of the way he moves. So, he played in a two for last season mm-hmm. on the left-hand side. Look at the goals he scored. Look at the play, Look at the positions he got himself into. Yeah, you can see he's got talent, he's got ability, and as a player, you want to thrive under that. And, and you know, when you can score goals from 40 years out, 40 years out, 40 yards out, um, 30 yards out, you want to get him into those areas. You know, he's a fantastic long shot taker, he's not one of these who should be dribbling around the edge of the box. And no. likes and likes of Wang needs to be played in his right position. And as as uh, Satavia. As just put in the comments there, you know, he's a decent number nine, and and but you've got to get support around him and play pigeonholing players into the wrong position has been a very you know, as a thing that's defined Wolves probably in the last five years. Is we we have pigeonholed players into positions that aren't their own. Ruben Nevers playing a lot deep, Ruben Nevers playing center back this season, <laughs> it just sticks out. As, as the most bizarre thing under Bruno Lage's tenure. Um, under, even under Nuno, we saw it as well. I mean, Ruben Nevis t- t- was tend to play it in, deployed in a position which was slightly deeper or slightly, you know, it, you couldn't affect the game as much. And you want to get the best out of these players? You know, they're fantastic footballers. And it frustrates, and it must really do everyone's head in when they see somebody leave Wolves and they <laughs> perform... Like Diogo yeah. Jota, 
Okay, yeah, he's playing in a fantastic Liverpool team where they're going to create a lot more chances. They're going to have a lot more of the ball control again. But that Diogo Jota is not the same Diogo Jota who played for Wolves. It, in, it, that last it, six, in the last six months, especially. It's unreal. Hmm. I've, I've never seen a guy score so many headers for being five foot nine. He's, he's unreal. He, and and it, it's, it's disappointing when we're able to turn around and we look at players who used to play for us doing well and we never got to see it and we never got to experience it as fans and it, it and that's where I I see you know whether the club needs to make this next decision the right decision because it it has got more the animosity starting to build a little bit again you know even though Steve Davis is coming in he's doing his best and as we say he's, do, he's, do, he's doing the best with the tools that he's got and, and the experience that he's got but at the end of the day, they're charging a hell of a lot of money as a football club for a Premier League season ticket to watch no goals, <laughs> essentially at home. The value for money just isn't there. I mean, and it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost like, I mean, they got us to vote on goal music. And it's like they're deliberately tormenting the 50% who chose to keep it by not scoring any. <laughs> and it, it's... It's worrying. That's why you want somebody like Peter Boz to come in, just so we can just attack. <laughs> I just want to see some goals. I just want to be entertained. Yeah, we we thought we had it last year with Bruno, and it didn't happen. And I I just don't think these players can do it. But like we said, we if they don't do it under Lopetegui, then that, we might as well just all fuck off and just be done with them because just that'll, doors, yeah. yeah, that'll be that'll be three manage three and a half managers at that point that they haven't been able to do it for. And if you get to that stage and you're still not performing, then it's clearly they're the problem and not the management. So on that kind of cheery note, yeah. score prediction for tomorrow. Um, going off what Brighton have done this season, I'll probably go, I'll go 1-1. I'll, I'll take that now. I'll take a point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think take, taking the points against Brighton is kind of, after the last few years, you think, oh, it's almost to be expect, expected now, but it very much would be a scalp at this point in the, mm. the form that we're in. Mm. But it, at the same point, it, it kind of seems like it, it seems like an end of season game where everything's all fine. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know if that's just me, but it, it doesn't feel like, oh, well, we're, we're in the relegation zone. It doesn't really matter. I don't mean it. We kind of feels numb, doesn't it? We yeah, because kind, of, kind of feel numb to it. I know, because. We're so used to being awful and bored, mm-hmm. and then you have the World Cup in 17, 18 days, wherever it is. It's all a kind of bit like a weird football netherworld. And it is, it's, yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. And especially, you know, being in this weird twilight zone, middle of the winter, red art World Cup in Qatar. Um, it, it, it's like this episode of the Twilight Zone. It, 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 I don't know where I stand like you. It does feel like this sort of like the season's about to end. Yeah. It's like it, it it's almost like there is there strange lack of tension and there is a lack of tension. I mean it, it boiled over against Sellers a couple of weeks ago, but other than that, it didn't carry on after the game where it, with people fighting each other in the stands like you kind of expect it to in this situation. Mm. It just went, oh well, it's whatever's happening is happening. It's almost like, well, we're just we're just waiting for 
Quillen to turn up and sort everything out for us. And in the meantime, I mean, it doesn't really matter, even though there's another six points to play for at this point. So, yeah, I mean, you drop six point points and the teams around you win six point points, you're in a worse position. And, and it's always hard to, ch- to play catch up in, in a league like the Premier League. When you're in a position where you need to catch six points back or three points or, you know, even more than that, it, it becomes an impossible task at some point. And at a certain point, it will become an impossible task. And it's 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 how do we change that and how do we turn that form around? How do we get the most out of the players we've got? And that's an impossible question that, that he's facing. Steve Davis, who is, you know, 2022 is Terry Connor at this point. You know, it's it's just Terry 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 Connor with an iPad instead of a clipboard. <laughs> has been muted by a few people. How how do we do it? And now well, I said to you, I said to you a few weeks ago that I'm quite happy with us holding it after the World Cup, but I don't know how I feel about that anymore because you know what we saw in against Forest hasn't been replicated, and actually that shows yeah. how poor. Forest are as a team and how far removed they are in the league but the result against Crystal Palace up until the subs brilliant but we capitulated again a draw against Brentford okay that's pretty good away it's not a bad result but this at the end of the day we're all around to Wonders Football Club we've got a 40 million pound midfielder in Nunes on the pitch. You know, we've got all these getters sitting on the bench. It cost the best part of 40 million as well. We should be wiping the floor. These are players who played in the Champions League. The highest, supposed to be the highest level of competition in club football in Europe. And it's Brentford. Mm. It, it boggles the mind that you can't turn a team over like this. You know, even Jose Sarr, you know, he's got years of experience in that in that highest level of competition. And him this season has been pathetic. Whether that's down to his injury yeah, or, or not, that doesn't some of the, explain some of the ones that have gone past his legs. Yeah, he's in, I think he's about two-thirds of the way down comp- mm. this season in, in comparison to the other keepers in the league, mm. whereas last season he was in the top three. And if you're a goalkeeper playing with one hand, it's obviously going to have an effect anyway on your overall your, on your overall positioning mm-hmm. and then your overall body shape. Oh, yeah. So, which again, you can't blame him for playing. It's them fucking morons in charge who making him play all the time with a broken hand. Um, yeah, you've got to ta- be brave enough to say, "I'm taking you out the firing line." Yeah. Like I said at the very start of this episode, Matthias Sarkic is a very good goalkeeper. He's a very good. We saw it last season when he was at Birmingham City. Granted, they don't have a lot of good players, but he won their player of the season last season. And how often does a goalkeeper win it? A goal, yeah, they just don't win it. And he wasn't even there for the full season anyway. Hmm. So, I mean, he'll play against Leeds and in all kind of, if it was a common sense world, he'd play against Leeds and he'd play against Arsenal and just give Saar a month off. Because he ain't going to, yeah. he ain't going to, he'll go to the World Cup, but he, he's not going to feature, is he? So, no, against the, uh, no, I had penalty saving superstar. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, they've got, I mean, Rui, Rui will be there probably as but second choice or third choice now. But they've got some very, very good 
goalkeepers coming through. And as I saw, okay, rightly or wrongly, was overlooked in the last 12 months. But these are now times where we can pull these players out, get them to recover. The likes of Johnny, who, who, as you say, he looks like he needs a reset. It's either it's either he needs time to rest and recover, or he needs to be shot behind a fucking, you know, behind the bike sheds and, and taken out and, and put out of his misery. But yeah, as as, as said in the comment there, it, it's going to be like another preseason. So get the manager in as soon as possible, and the players who aren't going to go to the World Cup, you know, the likes of Adama and and some of the other squad players, get them working. And, and, and get them adapted to the style because how many of Wolves, Wolves' first team are going to be going to be going to the World Cup? Maybe four or five? Yeah. Still still half a team who you can be, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but like sort of moulded into a style of thinking of how you're going to play under a new manager in a new system, going into the new season. What is essentially for us is going to be a new season. And it, it's, it is- day zero. It's only the same as any other World Cup year anyway, or Euro year, where the players who featured for the countries come back later on, whereas mm-hmm. everyone else is still there doing the ones who don't go and represent are with the clubs. And that's exactly what it's going to be like here. And I saw today that Newcastle, have they've got a home friendly in December. And the tickets went on sale, I can't remember, a Spanish side that they're playing at home in December. Mm-hmm. I think, well, okay, this is... People are really using it as another pre-season. And we, we've got that that mini break in where is it Turkey or somewhere like that. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of is, and that's that's the kind of hope that we've got. And if these three games are going to be the uh, Steve Davis's big supporters club loving dream swan song, then fair, you got to say hands up, cheers, and see you back in the, with playing with the kids because. That's what he's good at, and mm. we've now got. We'll hopefully, hopefully, nothing goes wrong, and, and Hulen turns up. I mean, the fact that he's not going to even be here until like after Arsenal is a bit of a weird one. Mm. Do you think? What is it? Three, four hours on a plane? Mm. If that from yeah. somewhere, it's it's nothing, is it? Yeah, you, or you'd, 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 in Madrid properly. You'd kind of want. Really, you'd want him here for at least for the Arsenal game, even if it's just watching in the stands. I know, obviously, they'll have analysis and stuff like that anyway, regardless. But still, it, it, that seems a bit weird. But let's, let's just get him signed, signed, sealed, delivered. I just want to get him through the door. Yeah, yeah we've, we, before we start moaning and nitpicking at anything else, um, yeah, let's just get I him done there. Because... Just, just have a manager, someone who, who at least we can get behind, we can look forward, and hopefully... You know, as a football club, move forward and not stagnate, and that's that's the worry. And you know, Villa have done very well with with who they bought in Unai Emery, and that's what we need to do. Is we need to bring somebody in who's got who commands respect, as I said earlier. He's someone who the players can look up to and say, oh, "Fucking, oh, he's won this, he's won that." You know, the likes of Mourinho, who's gone to Roma, have done. You know, he's doing okay. That's because he commands respect of players. Less so now than he used to, but a player of that a manager of that calibre, you know, brings a certain level of okay, he walks into the restroom, you know, he can put his chest out and say, you know, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, what the fuck have you done? 
nothing to pipe the fuck down. But you can't imagine Bruno Lars doing that. You just can't. You can't imagine Bruno saying anything back to the players. No, and Michael Cox said this on the uh, Totally Football Show today. Well, yesterday. Um, that you look at the calibre of managers that you can attract to the Premier League, and that's just a Villa and us. Very mm-hmm. mid-table, not really going to do anything, not really going to challenge for anything, maybe a conference league position at best. And yet we get in managers who are courted all over Europe who've actually won things within the last within the last school years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is going back to what I said earlier about pedigree. And we haven't had anyone with pedigree like this before or, or for a very long time, but definitely not in the Premier League. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. And I, I kind of, it, it, it doesn't really matter to bed tomorrow, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going into it open minded. <laughs> I'm one of these. I'm dead behind the eyes at the moment. I'm just, yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, if we get a result, fantastic. If we don't, I'm not, I'm not going to cry about it because. It, as you know, no, there's no tension, there's no worry. The, the season restarts after the World Cup. The future is not set. Exactly. Yeah, so if you you want to join us on Sunday when we go completely against all this and start screaming at each other and ranting and raving, then please do so. Um, today's book, we are part of the Nightmare Network, as you all know, despite there being no banners today for obvious reasons, because Stanley's recovering. Um, who else do we have to thank? Anyone else? Uh, Pixel Yeti Media, um, also a sponsor of the Wolves Fancast. Uh, and we are partnered with Chickaroos at the moment. If you use um, code Fancast10, you get 10% off your bill or use your um, Wolves season ticket, you will get a discount as well if you go to the Wolverhampton branch. Yeah, and it's, it's actually really good. Me, me and Dan went in and, and Pricey went in um, a few weeks ago. And it was it was very filling. Maybe too much. We had, we had the nacho share between us, and it, I was like, "Oh, Dan, I've got to get the bus somewhere. I've got to." <laughs> there was only there was only a limit on the babysitting duties, and I I, I literally had to leave food. There was so much of it. And that's just not a plug because I clearly forgot. Um, it's just actually a really good place. So, if you're hungry, and it's the last three o'clock kickoff before of the year, in fact, mm-hmm. um, amazingly. So, there's no excuse. Go to Chickaroos yeah. after the game. Get Chickaroos. Get your 10% off. Fancast 10. Or <laughs> Wolves season ticket holders. Show your season ticket. So, yeah, on that positive note, <laughs> about food, because yeah. that's all that, all that we care about, right? <laughs> that's food and beer. And they're, they're all hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that positive note, uh, enjoy it, Wolves fans, tomorrow. Hopefully we get a positive result. But if it's not, it's nothing to worry about. So, it's a good night from me. And good night from me. Eat well. Yeah, eat well. (laughs) Good night, Wolves fans. (laughs)